I'm asking God to stir our hearts this morning. As you look through the Bible, you see the Lord stirring hearts in in different times and in different ways. In Haggai, as the people of God lost focus on building the temple, uh, Haggai preached and God stirred the people's hearts to get back on task so they would keep the main thing the main thing. Over in 2 Peter, as Peter's reminding them of the virtues of the Christian life and, and their call to be dependent upon the Lord and yet diligent in exercising their faith. He says, I'm, I'm seeking to stir you up by way of reminder. We're going to take just one more week away from Joshua because I'm asking God through his word this morning to stir you and to stir me up in relation to what God has for our Church, I want to reemphasize some things that I shared with you in January in our vision series. And before we kind of go different directions during the summer with mission trips and camps and VBS and, and vacations and all of that, I want to just kind of remind you of some things uh, con- con- uh, considering who we are as a church so that your heart would be stirred up to keep the main thing the main thing. So keeping that in mind, look with me in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. We will be back in Joshua next week, but we're in Luke chapter 4. I want to begin reading in verse 38, Luke chapter 4, verse 38. I want to ask you this morning, if you are physically able to please stand with me, in honor of the reading of God's word. And by the way, you shouldn't need much stirring up after that song. Amen. Whoa, that was awesome. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. The Bible says, And he, Jesus, arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. You read a little bit earlier in the chapter. He's in Capernaum, kind of his home base of ministry operations. It says, Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill and with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now... When the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. Let's keep this power this grace, this compassion right here with us. Look what Jesus says in verse 43. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Let's pray together this morning. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And Lord, what a, what a joy to gather as a faith family and to declare that the name of Jesus is wonderful. Jesus truly is all that we need. And I thank you for that reminder in music. Now, Lord, as we look into your word and think about the ministry here at the point, I pray Lord, by your Spirit, that you would stir us up, that we might not lose focus, that we might keep the main thing the main thing, that we might be, Lord, surrendered to you, 
desiring for you to use us in an ever-increasing way. So in these moments, may the name of Jesus be exalted. May we exult in the good news of the gospel. And may we see with clarity today our purpose on this earth. And we'll thank you and praise you for that grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Well, if you've been around here for any length of time, you're probably familiar with our vision statement is on everything that we publish pretty much. If you're new here, you're hearing this for the first time, but you'll hear it a lot uh, as you continue to come as the Lord leads. And our vision statement is a kingdom statement. It's simply this, expanding his kingdom across the street and around the world. That's the kind of church that we want to be. And our vision of expanding God's kingdom is based upon uh, what the kingdom of God is biblically. Uh, The kingdom of God is simply put the rule and reign of Christ in the hearts of believers. So as we share the gospel and people get saved, Christ begins to rule and reign in a new heart. And in that way, the kingdom grows, right? The kingdom expands. As As more people get saved, the kingdom of God grows. So we want to see more people get saved across the street in Hernando. We want to see more people get saved uh, among the nations. And and as we do that, the kingdom, the rule and reign of Christ expands. And not just the rule and reign of Christ, but the recognition that he is the king of kings. He gets the glory that he deserves. And so that's the kind of church we want to be. And a couple years ago, we rolled out a, a new logo with a new icon that helps us to communicate who we are as a church. And uh, the, the icon has four different parts. Uh, the first part deals with being kingdom citizens. We want people to, to come into the kingdom as believers in Christ and be a citizen of that kingdom. The, the second component of our uh, kingdom vision is kingdom connections. We want to connect believers in Christ with one another. The third part deals with kingdom families. We want our, our homes to shine brightly for the glory of Christ. And, and then the fourth part deals with kingdom advance. We want to see the kingdom spread as more and more people get saved as we plant churches and send out mission teams and send out missionaries for the glory of God. And notice right in the middle of that icon, there is a cross, which is a constant reminder that the gospel of Jesus Christ is central to all that we do. We are not just playing church here. We are here today because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We are here today because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And we want to build everything we do as a church on the foundation of the gospel. And so that cross reminds us of that reality. So this icon uh, really uh, helps us to communicate our vision, who we are as a church. Now this should not sound brand new to you if you've been here for a while because... In January, I walked through a series of vision sermons walking through our four components. But uh, this morning, I want to just reemphasize those things and, and remind you of some things. Again, asking God to stir your heart and stir my heart. I, I was reading a book recently on vision. And uh, in that book, it said, when you get tired, sick and tired of saying it, your people have just begun to hear it. So I'm just going to keep on saying it. And, uh, and we're going to get it together and ask the Lord to, to stir up our hearts for his glory, for kingdom works. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to walk through those four components. And I've got a closing word for our graduates this morning. Some things I want to say to them related to this. And, and then we will be through. So let's just walk through again those, those four components. Notice in your notes under each heading, 
there's a place for you to write in some, some celebration things and some consideration Uh, Some considerations I have for you this morning. So just jot down whatever you want to jot down under those categories, whatever the Lord grips your heart with. I'm going to kind of walk you through that. But first of all, the first component of our vision is, uh, uh, deals with kingdom citizens. Kingdom citizens. And by that I mean our vision is to expand God's kingdom by introducing everyone everywhere to Jesus so they become kingdom citizens. The Bible says if someone is without Christ, if they are lost and in their sins, Uh, not forgiven by the Lord, no relationship with him, far from God. The Bible says in Colossians, they are in the domain of darkness. They are under the rule and reign of Satan. And Satan is a thief. He is a liar. He is a destroyer. What a miserable condition to be under the rule and reign of Satan. But when someone hears the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died for their sins, that he rose from the grave, and if they embrace him as the Lord and Savior, he will forgive them, he will transform them, he will save them. The Bible says they are transferred, watch this, from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. How incredible is that? Called from darkness into light. And so as we share that good news, we get to see that happen over and over and over again. People being saved, being brought by the grace of God into a new kingdom. Instead of being ruled and reigned over by Satan, their king is King Jesus, and he's a good king. Amen? And so we want to share the good news so people can be saved and come into the kingdom of God and be a citizen of that wonderful kingdom. Now, as we think about that, I've got several things I want to celebrate with you in relation to that. I want to kind of give you updates from things I shared with you in January. First of all, people are being saved and baptized in the life of our church. People are being saved. Adults are being saved. Children are being saved. And we rejoice in that. We baptized some folks last week in the first service. I think we had about seven folks baptized, something like that. Had some children baptized and had some adults baptized. And that's an outward symbol of what Christ has done inwardly. And so we're rejoicing through baptism in new life in Christ and, and, and rejoicing that God is saving people in the life of our church. And so we can rejoice, can't we, that Through the ministry of Longview Point, people are hearing the gospel, being convicted of their sin by the Spirit, being drawn by the Father, and giving their lives to Christ. That's good news, right? And by the way, if that doesn't really, that doesn't stir your heart, can I just remind you that the Bible says, when someone who is lost is found, all of heaven rejoices. You may not rejoice, but I want you to know, when someone gets saved, all of heaven rejoices. Amen? And so people, I'm giving you no chance, people are getting saved through Longview Point. And so we celebrate what we see God doing, how we see God working. In addition to that, in our connect groups, which I'll talk a lot more uh, about in just a few moments, uh, people are writing lists of names, their oikos, their household, that's the Greek word for household, and, and they're thinking through their sphere of influence, people they have relationships with that that uh, probably are not connected with the Father through Jesus Christ, probably not saved. And so they're thinking through that list and praying through that list and talking about the list in their connect groups. And so we're, we're trying to be intentional through our connect groups about, about losses, about influencing those that God has put into our lives. So that's happening. People are thinking about their lost loved ones. We have trained in our connect groups our people to... Share their testimony, three parts in three minutes. If you're in a connect group, you know what I'm talking about. And to share the gospel, the good news that Jesus saves. We talked about God, man, Christ's response. 
and, and you've been trained, you've been, uh, been learning that in class, you've been working on it, practicing in your connect group, and, and, and we have a, an army of people who are mobilized that know how to share their story of how Jesus saved them and know how to share his story of how Jesus left heaven, came to earth, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and will save anyone that comes to him in repentance and faith. So, so we have an army of people mobilized with the gospel, We've we've been intentional about training on that in our connect groups. That's good news. We can celebrate that. There are more people in May of 2017 that know how to share the gospel than there were in December of 2016. God's doing that. And so so we're being equipped with the tools to make a difference, to share the gospel so people can come into the kingdom. So, So we celebrate that. But let me give you some considerations Some things I want you to consider moving forward. First of all, the gospel is the power of God for salvation, Romans 1.16, to everyone who believes. And so I want you to just remember, by way of having your heart stirred, that the gospel is the message that saves. And it's good news. And if we will share it in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see people come into the kingdom of God forgiven and transformed. And so I want to remind you that the gospel really is good news. Again, if we were in a laboratory somewhere and we discovered the absolute cure for cancer, that awful disease that ravages every family, we would be morally obligated to share that cure with the world, would we not? It would be immoral for us to say, we're going to just keep this to ourselves. Friends, there's a disease far worse than cancer. It's the disease of sin, and it's in every human heart. And it destroys. And if someone dies in that condition, because of their sin, they will spend eternity separated from God in that awful place called hell. There's nothing worse than that. And we have the good news that if people hear it and respond, they will be saved from that disease of sin. They will be forgiven. They will be brought from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We have the good news. So we are, in a sense, morally obligated to share that good news. So consider that. You have it. It's, it's in your hands. You've been trained. You've been, you've been equipped. What will you do? With that, another consideration, a way for you to pray and for you workers to get geared up. Just a few weeks, we're going to have Vacation Bible School. And Vacation Bible School is one of our favorite times of the year. It takes an army of people to to mobilize for VBS and and pull it off every year. We have a, a VBS in the morning. We have a special needs VBS in the evening that week. And it's an incredible time of ministry. And, and VBS is really the only time I know of where parents say, you know what? We know you're having vacation Bible school. We know you're going to talk about the Bible. We know you're going to talk about Jesus. Here are my kids for three hours. We'll see you in, we'll see you in a little bit. And when we have that privilege to just love them and, and, and share that good news with them and to impact their lives with the gospel, don't, don't minimize vacation Bible school. 
A lot of people hear the gospel for the first time in a way they understand at Vacation Bible School. They consider the claims of Christ to a greater degree at Vacation Bible School. They get saved at Vacation Bible School. The seed is planted that leads to salvation at Vacation Bible School. So, so pray that that'd be a, a time when we can spread the seed of the gospel, right? Consider your role in sharing the gospel so more people can become kingdom citizens. Secondly, I want to talk to you about kingdom connections. As we study God's word together, live life together, and serve together, we will grow into faithful, multiplying followers of Christ. We, we know that in a church this size, and listen, we're not a mega church, but we're a large church. I think last Sunday we had uh, 900-something folks in this room, uh, and, and you count everybody on campus with, with children and preschoolers. We had over 1,000 people last week, and so that's a lot of folks coming through the doors. And, and we understand that it's easy for people who are just in the crowd to get lost in the crowd. And, and we don't want that to happen. We love you. We care about you. And our plan to help you to build relationships and grow in your faith is connect groups. That's our plan A. And, and we don't have a plan B. That's our plan. And so we believe it's important that you get plugged in with a group of folks and you begin to study God's word together. You begin to take God's word seriously. You Minister to one another as you have needs, you, and, and you begin to multiply and reach out and, and, and let God use you to start new groups so we can reach more people with the good news. And so in January, I share with you two ways that we are encouraging you to start new groups. The first way was through uh, branching. We said that if you're in a group and your group is over 15, 16, 17 folks, that in an hour and a half, uh, just by the social dynamics, it's impossible for everyone to have a seat at the table and be able to share and, 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 and talk and ask questions. And so we said, if your group is getting to that size, you need to think about sending a small group from your group to start a new group. And then now the two groups have more room for more people and everyone in the group has a seat at the table and can talk and, and, and be challenged by God's word and talk about what God's doing in their life. And so we think branching is, is very important that we, that we, as we get to a certain size, we start new groups. Another way that I encourage you to think about starting new groups is by sending we talked about evangelistic Bible studies. We said, hey, if you lead someone to Christ, someone gets saved, you ask them this question. Hey, could I come to your house and you gather your family together, maybe a couple of neighbors, maybe some friends, and I'll come in and share that good news with that group. And if people get saved, I'll start helping them to grow in their faith. And we'll start a brand new Bible study as people get saved. That's called a sending group, as we start new sending groups. And so we've encouraged you to think through that and to consider God may want to use you in that way. And this is, this is vital. The fact that we are connecting people into small groups, the fact that we are trying to start new groups to reach more people, this is vital. This is a metric of church health. Now, I want you to hear something. Uh, by... Metrics that most people look at related to churches, our church is, is very healthy. I mean, our giving, we're ahead of budget. Praise the Lord for that, for his provision for us. We just finished a, a campus expansion. Uh, we finished some renovation for office space. And, and those are finishing up, and we're grateful for that great new space that the Lord has um, provided. Our, our numbers are good. We're, we're growing. And so you look at all that and say, boy, that, that's, a, that's a great church. But I, I want to suggest to you that there are other metrics we need to consider. Not just 
buildings and budgets. We need to consider what's happening in people's lives. Let me read you this this quote from Jim Putman. He writes, Attendance, busyness, construction, finances, and programs are not real indications of success. The core question of effectiveness, the question that ultimately matters is whether the people who are getting saved are being conformed to the likeness of Christ. Listen, are we making mature disciples of Jesus who are not only able to withstand the culture, but are also making disciples of Jesus themselves? I believe that's a a more biblical metric of how we're doing as a church. Are folks being saved... And are they growing to the point where they can be a light in this culture? And are they growing to the point where they can reach out to others and lead them into the kingdom of God? That is a a metric of our church that we want to watch carefully. And you say, why the emphasis on small groups? Can't we just come and kind of get lost in the crowd and sing our songs and hear the sermon and go home? Why why are you pushing us towards a, a small group? Because that's what Jesus did. And listen, there's no one in this room smarter than Jesus, amen? Jesus gathered a small group of men, and for three years they lived life together. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended to the Father, was no longer physically with them, they were equipped and challenged and ready to go out and turn the world upside down for the glory of God. That's what Jesus did. So we want to Do the same thing. We want to have these small groups where we live life together, study God's word together, grow together, and then reach out to others and and multiply. That's the model that Jesus gave us. And so, thinking about connect groups, I want to celebrate. I told you in January that uh, if we're going to continue to start new groups, we're going to have to find some more space. All right? Uh, We we value our on-campus groups They're doing a great job having some real uh, growth and and significant things happen in those connect groups. And so we're we're grateful for those on-campus connect groups. But if we only focus on on on-campus connect groups, we'll eventually run out of space and we'll be limited to the size of our building, right? What if God wants to do something bigger than our building? And so if we're going to continue to grow and start new groups, we got to think outside of this building and think about spaces we can meet. Say, wait, where could we meet in a small group? How about your house? You're living there, the lights are on. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a place we can meet, right? And, and then we're, we're not limited, are we? We can keep, keep starting new groups. And so, in January of this year, when I shared this vision series, I want to show you this map, there were three home groups meeting. Three. And that was awesome. We're grateful for that. Our home groups, our on-campus groups, all doing significant things for, for God's kingdom. And we just celebrate that we had three home groups. Now, let me show you what's happening right now in May of 2017. Now, we have seven home groups meeting. Isn't that awesome? It's pretty incredible. And if you look at the fall, uh, if, if everything happens like we anticipate it happening, we'll have 10 home groups, maybe more, by this fall. And so God's doing something, isn't he? There's this ethos spreading and people saying, hey, we can meet in a home and we can grow and then go meet in another home and start a new group and and, and we can grow in an unlimited way through these home groups. And so we celebrate 
what we see God doing. People are, are grasping this, and it's happening. It really is happening. The, these home groups are spreading. And now, when we say across the street, we really are in a neighborhood across the street from folks that need to hear about Jesus. And, and, it, and it's not just, hey, if you want to get saved, find our church and come at the right time. Hey, we're right across the street from you now. Instead of you coming to us, hey, we're coming to you. How about that? And so we see God doing some significant things. He's continuing to move, and so we give him the glory for that. And, and, and not just the growth of new groups, but what we see happening in those groups. We see connect groups asking each other hard questions, accountability-type questions, and some real community happening, and some real challenging and sharpening happening in those, those groups. As, as, they, as their connect groups walk through passages of Scripture, they approach it from a say, teach, do perspective. What's the passage say? How can we teach this? What does it mean? And, and, and how can I respond to what I've learned in this passage? Because God's not looking just for hearers of the Word. He's looking for doers of the Word, James 1 says. And, and, and people are, are engaging the Word of God in a small group together, and they're taking it seriously. For example, we have a, a lady in our church named Sarah, and, and in her connect group they were talking about um, baptism, and, and the Lord showed her she needs to be baptized. Um, and, and, and they have that outward symbol of what God has done in her life inwardly. And so she asked the question of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. Uh, you know, she asked uh, uh, Frank, hey, when's the next baptism? And Frank said, well, it's a few weeks away, and we'll pull out the baptistry, and we'll fill it up, and you can get on the list, and we'll baptize you then. And then she asked a very obvious question, the question of the Ethiopian eunuch. Hey, there's this big lake behind the church. What prevents me from being baptized immediately? And the answer is, well, nothing. So Frank came to talk to me. He said, she wants to get baptized in the lake. I said, well, let's do it. So... So, hey, on a weekday afternoon, let me show you this picture. A week afternoon, there's Frank and Sarah. They walked out in the lake, and, and she got baptized. Hey, when God's doing a work in your heart, respond. Amen? Obey. And that happened in a connect group, just by talking about God's Word and responding to what God was teaching. And so stories like that are just amazing as we see God moving and so we're excited about our connect groups. Let me show you, or share with you another avenue we see in the life of our church where people are connecting with one another and growing in context of relationship. We have a ministry here called Celebrate Recovery. I had a, a couple come by the pastor reception after the first service, and uh, they're relocating here from another state. And um, they said to me, I'll be honest with you, the only reason we're here is because we saw your Celebrate Recovery sign. We were involved in Celebrate Recovery in another church in this other state, and we saw yours, and hey, here we are. And praise the Lord, right? Say, wait, what is Celebrate Recovery? It, it's, it's a ministry for people with hurts, habits, and hangups, which, by the way, includes everyone in this room. If, if you think you got it all together, you're deceiving yourself. We need encouragement. We need, we need help. We need equipping. And, and Celebrate Recovery is this time where folks come together on Friday nights and they worship. They hear testimonies of changed lives. They are given some practical tools for, for equipping to move forward in their journey of faith. It's a, it's a remarkable time every Friday night, averaging about 35, 40 folks come together every Friday night, eating a meal, singing songs, hearing testimonies, going through biblical teaching. It's, it's incredible. And then from that 
from that weekly worship, uh, they've begun to start step studies, which are small groups that are, that are uh, men's only groups and women's only groups. And through the life of CR, we've had four step studies that have been completed and four more that have been started that are ongoing right now. That those are small groups of people that are getting together for intensive time together and challenging one another, learning together so that they can move forward in their walk with God. And here's the exciting thing. We're seeing people that have completed a step study that are now leading other studies and, and, and pouring into others. Transform lives as people get together and grow in the context of relationships. And so we're excited about what we see God doing. So that's our celebration. Let me give you some things to consider related to kingdom connections. First of all, if you haven't plugged into a connect group, see what you're missing. Do you hear all I just shared? See what you're missing? I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to spur you on to stir your heart to say, hey, maybe God wants me in a connect group. And, and I want to encourage you to take the next step. That may mean you go into the lobby, and on the far wall, there's a connect group section. Grab a brochure, look through the different groups that meet on campus, uh, in homes, wherever, whatever works best for you, and take that, that brave step and just go, attend. Uh, you can email Frank at frank at or grab any of the staff member on a Sunday and ask us some questions. We give you more specifics about getting plugged in, but we can't encourage you enough to just take the next step. If you're not plugged in, get plugged in. Now is the time. Don't think you're going to grow and thrive. Listen, if you're ignoring the way Jesus did things. He designed you to thrive in the context of community. Amen? So take that next step. Ask us some questions. We'll get you plugged. We'll help you. Ask us if you have any questions. But, but we want to see that happen. And if you're in a connect group, we want you to really um, let this, this stirring happen in your life, in the life of your small group. We want you to think and talk about multiplying, whatever that looks like for you. Branching, sending, we want you to really make that a, a focus every week. As you're asking God to multiply your group so more people can be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so consider that. Consider ministries like Celebrate Recovery and, and other opportunities we have to get you around other folks that can really walk with you along the way. And so those are kingdom connections. We think it's so very vital. Third, I want to talk just for a moment about kingdom families about kingdom families. By kingdom families, we mean we envision our homes being kingdom outposts that shine brightly for Jesus in our community. Now, the kingdom of God is invisible, right? I mean, you can't literally see Jesus ruling and reigning in hearts. I mean, Jesus reigns in my heart. I'm a believer in Christ, but you can't see that. It's invisible, and it spreads, and it's invisible. So... The local church is of utmost importance because the church is the visible expression of the invisible kingdom. Does that make sense? So how do we know the kingdom is growing and expanding? Because local churches start and, and, and emphasize the kingdom. Now, if that's true, listen to this. When Longview Point is not meeting during the week when we're scattered all over the community, your home becomes the visible expression of the point. 
right? Listen, in your home, in your family, you are representing your local church. And more importantly, you are representing King Jesus. And our desire is that our homes are kingdom outposts that shine brightly for Christ. Let me give you some things to celebrate in relation to this, this kingdom component. First of all, the PATH family ministry is ongoing. We are seeing families equipped uh, we're seeing, we're getting great feedback from folks that are in the seminars, that are plugged in, that are taking advantage of the, the things we have in place to help you as, as parents to raise and disciple and launch your kids out into the world. And so we're thrilled at the path ministry and how God is using that. We're thrilled uh, about what we see God doing in homes. Just, I mean, just recently, I had a, a 10-year-old boy come up to me and said, uh, Pastor Wade, I got saved this week. That's always a good, good word for a pastor, amen? And I said, well, tell me about it. And at home, just asking questions about the Lord, his parents led him to faith in Christ. That's awesome. So we're seeing God do things. We're seeing families that are being consistent in family worship, and, and we're seeing things happen. So we celebrate these kingdom homes. We're excited about what God's doing, but I want, some, I want you to consider some things with me for a moment. Some, some next steps you can take to be involved in, in building a kingdom family. First of all, men, you listen to me? In August, we're going to have a men's conference. August 11th and 12th, that's a Friday night and a Saturday morning. And I'm bringing in a pastor from Pensacola, Florida. One of the great preachers in our convention will be here. We're having a testimony from the Ole Miss uh, FCA chaplain. Uh, for the football team, uh, his name's Sammy Smith. He also played for Florida State. That's just incidental. Has nothing to do, <laughs> nothing to do with me bringing him in. Maybe a little bit, but it, but bring him in. We'll have Daniel Cruz here. Travis will be leading worship. We'll have food, and and it's going to be an incredible time to challenge you and to equip you, and and for iron to sharpen iron for us to consider what God has for us as men, as husbands, as dads, as leaders of our homes. And so, man, I want you to be here for that. Here's my goal for that that conference, August 11th and 12th. My goal, what I'm praying that God would do, is is to fill up this room with men. We have about 730-something chairs, something like that, Travis, something around 730. Chairs in here. What if it was filled up with men? That means you can bring folks with you, and we're going to come and just celebrate and hear from the Word and challenge one another. I, I'm excited about our men's conference. Also, we're talking about a new, new marriage small group. Frank and Jerry Ann led a love and respect small, small group. They're looking at starting another one. And so that'll be an opportunity for you to plug in and, and think about the principles of love and respect in your marriage. We have marriage mentoring available, which is a, a ministry where we have couples that have been trained to meet with couples who need some encouragement once a, a, a week for about 10 weeks and to walk through some biblical principles and to move forward in their marriage. And so if you could use some marriage mentoring, let us know that and we can get you signed up and get you pointed in the right direction. We've got these opportunities available for you, some things that can help you and encourage you related to your family. And the path is ongoing. Listen, these seminars that we have, they're not just to make us more busy. None of your staff wants to just give you busy work, all right? None of us. We, we know how busy you are. You know how busy we are. We believe these seminars, these ceremonies are of strategic importance. And, and if you get plugged in, you will, you'll be just encouraged to think through some things that will help you as a 
preparing. And so the path is ongoing. So just consider these opportunities for you to be a part of building a kingdom family, which leads to the last thing. And then some words for the graduates very quickly, then we'll be done. Let's talk about kingdom advance. Kingdom advance. We will constantly go and consistently sin for the glory of Jesus Christ. We will constantly go and consistently sin for the glory of Jesus Christ. We want to be a church that sees God's kingdom expand as Jesus reigns in more and more hearts that get saved here in Hernando and to the uttermost among the nations. We, We want to see that happen. We want God to use us to get the gospel out through sending out short-term teams, sending out long-term missionaries, sending out church plants. We want to be a part of kingdom advance. We believe it is the heart of Jesus. Remember, back in Luke 4, the, the people wanted Jesus to stay there with them. What power, what love, what compassion. Stay here with us. Let us keep this to ourselves. And Jesus said, no, I must go to other villages to preach the good news of the kingdom Woe to us if we want to just come together and keep all this good news to ourselves, right? So we want to advance God's kingdom. Let me give you some things to celebrate. First of all, we are working on planting more churches. We had a church plant conference uh, at the end of uh, April, beginning of May, which was strategic and great time for us to be uh, renewed in our passion to plant churches and to just encourage church planting families. We, we're working on a new church plant in DeSoto County starting, Lord willing, in September. Lawson and Beth are here. Lawson's going through some training as the church planter. And uh, in September, they will begin a brand new church. And we've been asking you to consider that God may want to send you to be a part of the core group to help that new church get started. And I want you to know as a pastor, uh, that's a big deal. It, it's hard to see church members walk out the door because I love you and I, and I want to see that. We hate to lose you, but we love to send. We love to send. The, the real story of Longview Point, you need to understand this, and Claire would say the same thing. The, the real story of, of the point is this. Uh, when we started in 2002, there was a group of people, a core group, about 30, 35 folks, that came to start the church with us and that group consists of some of the, the finest people I know that love the Lord and loved me and loved Claire. And that is the, the true story, uh, the foundational story of Longview Point. God working through that core group. God did it, but he worked through that core group. And, and we want to provide the same level of support and encouragement for Lawson and Beth. And so we're just asking you to consider, to pray. And people are doing it. Life church people are praying saying, hey, we think God wants us to go. And so we want to encourage that. So we're trying to plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. We're, uh, you need to understand this or know this. We're already talking to our next church plant intern. And if God works it all out, we should have a new church plant intern probably the first part of 2018. New guy on staff getting trained to go out and plant a church. And so God's doing something. And we want to continue to plant churches that plant churches. Also, as we celebrate, um, this is awesome. We have up to this point in our year sent people out on seven short-term mission trips. Isn't that awesome? Seven short-term trips here in North America, around the world. And we've got more trips coming up. We've got, uh, we've got Uganda and Belgium and some more South Asia trips and, and Japan and, and Belfouche and, and Montana. We've got other tri- trips coming up. And, and people are going and taking their vacation or taking their time and spending their resources to go somewhere else to make much of Jesus. 
And that is incredible how God is sending people out from this church. To God be the glory. Celebrate with me for a moment that we have adopted an island, the Andaman Islands. 400,000 people, a bunch of different people groups, and we are sending teams in to try to mobilize Christians that are there and be a catalyst for them sharing their faith and starting new churches and reaching those islands for the glory of Christ. That's highly significant. You need to understand, the Andaman Islands are about as far away from Hernando as you can get. As a matter of fact, if you look on a globe, it's on the back side of the globe from Hernando. I mean, it's just, it's just the exact opposite side of the world. It's a, it's a grind to get there. But the ministry's significant. And because of your investment, we're able to send teams in to, to be available to God, to be used as that catalyst to spark a church planting movement across those islands. You're talking about people groups that are unreached, tribal peoples, never having heard the name of Jesus Christ. And you have a church, have, you've adopted those islands. And things are happening. Won't it be cool when we're in heaven? We're around the throne of Jesus, the Lamb who was slain for us, for our sins. We're worshiping Jesus. And we have a little Longview Point reunion, right? Let's get everybody together and get our point folks together. And we're, you know, we're high-fiving and talking. And we're in the presence of Christ, just rejoicing in our redemption. And then we look and say, hey, see that group of people over there? They're, they're praising Jesus in a different language. And um, their skin tone is different than our skin tone. They look a little bit different, different culture. Uh, those are folks from the Andaman Islands. And they're here today around the throne because they heard the gospel, and they heard the gospel because of your investment in that area of the world. Won't that be cool? Can you imagine the celebration that will take place in heaven when that happens? And so we can celebrate those things happening, significant, highly significant things happening in missions and church planting. Consider this. What's your role in the Great Commission? What's your role in kingdom advance? Maybe your next step needs to be to go to the missions wall. Pick up a prayer card. Look at the different options of trips we have coming up. Pick up a passport application. Listen to me. If you say your yes is on the table to go anywhere Jesus wants you to go and you don't have a passport, your yes isn't really on the table. Right? I'll go anywhere you want me to go that I can get to with my driver's license. That's not really your yes. How about going and filling out a passport application, getting your passport, just a little rigmarole, a little bit of money, getting your passport, and then getting on your knees with that passport and your open Bible and saying, Now, Jesus, where do you want me to go? The answer is, is yes. That's a game changer, isn't it? That's a game changer. So maybe it's just going to get a passport application, getting ready. Whatever, whatever you need to do, the Holy Spirit will give you your assignment in the Great Commission if you'll just listen and let Him fill up your life. So consider your role. And so we're going to close just in a moment. I know we're running a little bit late. It's Travis's fault. But anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just a word to our graduates. Here's what I want to say to our graduates. Um, 
these things that we're sharing, this is not just preacher talk. This is not just, you know, church talk. We really do want these things, these, this vision, these components to be part of our DNA. And, and because of that, we want to be part of your DNA. And, and just because you're moving on somewhere else, and if you're still in the area, of course, you keep, you keep plugged into the point, but you may be moving a little bit farther away and can't be here every week or whatever the case may be. We want you to have this DNA. Take this DNA with you because we think it's vital. The, the, the vision, the four components. By the way, the, the icon reminds us of the four components. So, hey, graduates, if you don't have a Lovey Point t-shirt yet, come see me. We'll get you one. It's on us, all right? We'll give you one for free. And that little icon will remind you of our vision, remind you of our, our core four components. But think about it. We want you to, to be good kingdom citizens, that you represent Jesus well, and that you help people hear the gospel so they can be in the kingdom too. Amen? We want you guys to make kingdom connections. When, when, wherever you go, find the Christians and plug in and hang out with them and then bring other folks with you to that group. Lost people, bring them with you so they can get saved and be a part of the group as well. Amen? But plug in to a group of Christians. There are some fabulous campus ministries. There are local churches in your area. If you need some help with that, let us know. We'll point you in the right direction. But stay connected. It is vital that you stay connected. God did not design you to live the Christian life by yourself. Kingdom families. A lot of you aren't going to want to hear this. But the next five to seven years, you're going to make decisions about your family. They're going to affect you the rest of your time on this earth. Five to seven years from now, a good chance most of you will be married. Maybe five to ten years. We'll we'll give give you a few more years. I was married when I was 22, and I would have got married at 20 as soon as Claire turned 18 if if I could have. That didn't work out. But but, uh, it's so vital that uh, you ask the Lord to lead you to the right person that loves Jesus, that believes the word of God, that believes Jesus is the only way to be saved, that will be in lockstep with you spiritually. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked. So ask God to lead you to a person that loves the Lord. And because you're going to make decisions in these, in these coming years, they're going to affect you for the rest of your life. And here's the sad thing about a lot of people in your age group. They, they, they get out of you know, regular church attendance. They go to school or go into the workplace or whatever the case may be. And they get disconnected from Christ. They're not walking with Christ. And they're making these huge decisions. Huge decisions. And Christ is not first in their life. And they are going to be some bad decisions. Amen? Now, God's gracious. He redeems. He restores. We're grateful for that. But listen to me. Make sure that you think about your family life now. Now it's time to think about it now. And God leading you to the right person. The next five to seven to eight, nine, ten years are absolutely critical. Would the rest of the adults in here uh, amen me on that? And then fourth, kingdom advance. I I want you, and you've heard this over and over again. uh, Derek made a great challenge to you in uh, the time earlier. Uh, We're sending you out. I love the commissioning part where we came and prayed over them. We're sending you out to be lights wherever God leads you, into the workplace and whatever you're doing, school, college. We want you to be lights shining brightly for Christ. Now, that may mean that God knocks on the door of your heart. He decides he wants you to live in South Asia. 
could happen, right? It's happened to other people in the life of our church. If you look at church history, it's almost always young people that spark missionary movements. Young people that put their yes on the table. And so God may want to send you out as a long-term missionary planting your life somewhere for the glory of God, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Or he may call you to be a teacher. Or, uh, what's the other thing? I heard biochemistry. I heard uh, these, other, these other professions, these other things. And here's the deal. Whatever God calls you to, even if it's not a, a, a full-time missionary or a full-time church staff member, but whatever he calls you to, leverage, leverage that profession for the Great Commission. If you're, if you're going to be a teacher, teach for the glory of God. Amen? I mean, let God use your life to impact others with the gospel. There's power in folks that are just believers in Christ, that are out there in the workplace, that love Jesus and share him with others. There is so much power in that. So just consider. Now listen, everybody, the Great Commission is for everyone in this room. Not just for preachers, not just for what we call missionaries. The Great Commission is for everyone, every disciple of Christ. It's for everybody. The Holy Spirit shows us our specific assignment under the umbrella of the Great Commission. So here's what I'm asking you guys to do. Listen to the Spirit of God. Walk with Jesus, and he'll show you what your assignment is and how he's going to use you to be a great commission Christian. It says over in Acts 13, the Spirit of God said to the church in Antioch, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. Send them out. Listen to God's Spirit. He will lead you to be a great commission believer. I was listening to a podcast this week, and um, it's a man named Zane Pratt, and he was um, called by God to go to Central Asia. And he, he was targeting with his wife an unreached people group in Central Asia, um, predominantly Muslim people group in a very difficult area of the world. And this people group, I heard the numbers and it just, it just astounded me. This people group was 13 million folks. 13 million folks. That's, that's larger than New York City, which is about 8.1 million. 13 million folks. He and his wife only met one Christian. One Christian for 13 million. Think about that. And what I want you to understand, graduates, and what I want everyone in this room to understand this morning is there are, there are people in this world that will be born, they'll grow up, they'll live lives, have professions and families, and they'll die never having heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about that. Now, how are you going to let God use you to impact that kind of lostness? What's your role going to be in kingdom advance? May he use you, may he use us to make his glory known among the nations.